PR Star Pros Talk, how brands can leverage streaming platforms, featuring Dallas Lawrence, head of communications at Roku Platform Business. Here's our host, Doug Simon. Great, so I'm ready for the interview. I've got my Roku remote. That's all I would need for this conversation, right, Dallas? That's it. That'll okay, unlock well, the world of entertainment. Yeah, I know, but actually, one of the challenges you face and many brands face is they might have one part of the organization that's very well known and other parts that aren't as well known, which are actually more of what you're about. Can you tell us a little about how the company's divided up and what your role is to get us started? Absolutely. That, that device you're holding up is really the first side of the business. And that's the Roku, uh, you know, our device business. Really think about that's the sticks and the pucks and the television screens like the one you see behind me. Uh, that you can buy that really become the number one streaming platform in America. Um, one in three TVs sold in the United States today is powered by the Roku operating system. Um, one in four in Canada, it's the number one in Canada and the United States. And that really is the, the primary initial side of our business that brings the consumer into the Roku ecosystem where they, wherever they may buy one of those sticks, pucks, or television screens. The second half of the business is what we then do with those consumers, uh, those over 150 plus million people we reach in households around the world today. Uh, and that's the platform business. And that's where I lead communications. And there's really three core components of the platform business. The first is advertising, all the consumer engagement we're doing, uh, how brands are seeking to engage these consumers as they're shifting away uh, in droves, really, as the bottom has fallen out of traditional television and they're moving over to streaming. So we have a very robust partnership working with nine out of 10 of the top 200 advertisers in the world. Um, it's also the content partnership side of our business. So that's all the deals with HBO Max or how we help Disney Plus reach their five-year streaming goal in less than 14 months. We have a whole very robust team that onboards. Uh, we have over 10,000 channels on the Roku platform today that brings those channels on and helps them be successful. And the third component of the platform side of the business is our programming side. And that's largely comprised of our own advertising video on demand or AVOD channel called the Roku channel. Uh, which provides consumers with more than 40,000 free television programs and movies, over 190 channels of live linear programming, incredible original content, uh, you know, uh, from everything from Kevin Hart to, uh, you know, uh, Liam Neeson and on down. So uh, it's really a, a robust offering. And those are the three components that comprise the platform business that I lead communications for. No, and that's a great explanation. That's an important piece of what communicators need to know. And Given that there is this streaming boom going on, what do communicators really need to know? What should they be thinking about to fully leverage the value of it? I think there's a couple of key things that we've seen shift. You know, we, we long believed that the, uh, this decade would be the streaming decade, uh, that there would be a, a migration away from legacy television platforms into streaming. And what COVID did is COVID really served as an accelerant. Uh, I would call it like a leap year or two of innovation and adoption that condensed and coalesced in those first four months of being at home, uh, where millions of people cut the cord, uh, millions more really discovered that they could really capture all of the information they wanted uh, from a streaming device. Um, you know, live people who were hungry for news all of a sudden discovered that things like NBC News and ABC News have an app on the Roku platform and you can get free news 24-7 without having to have cable. Uh, they began finding sports as well once sports started coming back. So we saw this a really massive consumer migration and shift um, that is not temporary. Uh, it, it really is all the data shows us that this is a secular shift. The consumers are, are walking away in large numbers from traditional television. A couple of my favorite data points from the past year were, you know, initially, and it's still number one, the number one reason why people, why people cut the cord uh, is because to save money. Uh, the number two reason, very close behind that, is they actually prefer streaming. 
Um, so these folks who've cut the cord, uh, survey data shows us 92% are never going to go back. Um, so from a marketer perspective or a communications person's perspective, these are cord burners. These people are never going to be reachable again via traditional uh, mediums, uh, traditional television mediums. They've moved over to streaming uh, in a large and really engaging way. That's yeah, and they also, I was going to say, they also have an opportunity to view the content on different devices wherever they happen to be at the particular moment. One question that comes up, is this about just taking the content that brands create, say, for their TV commercials and traditional outlets and just moving it over to streaming platforms, or do they have to approach it differently? Yeah, it's really interesting. If you look at the history of advertising, over, we won't go back to Pompeii, but let's just go back 100 years. Uh, there's a, there's <laughs> I thought a, we were going to go to full cave drawings. but No, no. Uh, but if you, if you go back 100 years and, and look at really the advent in radio and, and the shift around radio, you begin you see the, the legacy cycle of how advertising happens. The eyeballs move. Innovation's a little slow at first, and then it accelerates. So the, radio, the first radio ads were really just print ads that were read on the radio. Uh, the first television ads were really just those same exact radio spots with an image on the screen. Uh, the first uh, television ads, um, you know, were, were the same way. We're just we're we're yep. just growing in that way. Streaming ads were really then just the thirty second ads squeezed into streaming. Now what we're seeing with the mass migration of consumer attention is a really almost a renaissance period in advertising, where advertisers are sitting back and they're recognizing for the first time there's actually a medium that provides the full funnel of consumer engagement both that top of the funnel awareness that traditional TV work for and the bottom of the funnel uh, performance advertising that's largely been the home of search or social or digital, they can get all of that in one place. So that has led them to recognize it's time to go beyond that traditional 30 second spot and do some really cool and engaging things. And I'll give you two examples that are my favorite sure. kind of the past month that really turn you up, turn upside down your thinking about what an advertising uh, an advertisement is or what a consumer engagement vehicle can be for a brand or a communicator out there. The first is, you know, TurboTax had a real challenge this year. They wanted to elevate visibility around uh, the tax season. Uh, and they wanted to make sure that they were reaching uh, cord cutters uh, to be top of mind. So they launched with Roku, uh, uh, you know, an NBA final, um, uh, really ba me, a basketball uh, hub where you could get all the basketball information about March Madness. Uh, on our screen, you could have an interactive, uh, you know, virtual playover where you could play basketball with your phone and make shots on your TV, a, a whole <laughs> encompassing experience where it drew you in. It wasn't an ad for TurboTax. It was an experience around March Madness, um, but it drew you in, reminded you that taxes were top of mind. Very successful for them for awareness. Another and, example. And yeah, I was going to say, and after my recent surgery, that probably might be my best shot to hit shots if I'm playing it on my phone. This, on that, but you have the yeah. second. You have a second example. Yeah, that I, think, I can handle. I think you can handle this, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's no, all no, I got. That's all I got um, at the moment. The second you, example, like, just like innovation. So we launched something called the Brand Studio a few weeks back, and what this was designed to do is it's recognizing there's two forces coming together. You have these content creators or talent that are saying, "I have a great idea for something I want to do. Is there a brand who will sponsor this?" And at the same time, you have these brands saying, "I would love to do a show with." fill in the blank, Will Ferrell or whoever right. else it might be from a celebrity mm -hmm. to do a 10 minute show about whatever's on their minds, right? So we launched our first one of these called Roku Recommends with Maria Menudos, sponsored by Walmart. Uh, and the focus is really, you know, to provide consumers, uh, streamers uh, feedback on what to watch. The average streamer spends seven minutes looking for something to watch. So this is a weekly show by mm -hmm. Maria Menudos and NFL star, Andrew Hawkins, uh, sponsored by a major brand. To, to bring to life the great shows you should watch. What's amazing about this from a brand perspective 
is it reaches the consumer that might never watch advertising supported content that might come straight in and go to Disney plus or go to Netflix. They're going to see this, have a chance to watch what are the five things I should stream today and have that branded experience. So these are just two examples of how advertisers are really thinking outside that 32nd spot. Yeah. And I'm going to hit you with a question about data in a moment, but also local news can be accessed through many of the streaming services. We've seen a lot of the Nielsen data that the numbers of viewers for local news has grown dramatically. 64% of people who work from home watch local news at least once a week, but that doesn't mean they're all turning on their TV. They could be streaming that content. Absolutely. I mean, one of the amazing things about the Roku platform, as I mentioned, we have over 10,000 channels. Um, a lot of these can be, you know, you might have even some local churches stream their Sunday service and you can watch it on the Roku channel. You can, I mean, on the Roku platform. Um, so it's, it really has democratized access to content in an exciting way. Uh, and it's done in a way that doesn't require you to have a $150 cable bundle. Yeah. And as the leading platform, you're obviously getting a lot of data about consumer and audience behavior. What are some of the lessons there that might make sense for communicators? I think what's what's interesting to me is um, even as things change, a lot has stayed the same. So one of my favorite data points from the past year. So uh, on the Roku channel, we have 190 live linear channels. So we have an NBC channel, it's NBC News, an ABC channel, it's ABC News. We have a Home and Garden channel, and so on and so forth. Um, but what we discovered was is that consumers really missed, believe it or not, the old school interactive programming guide and scrolling through and clicking down and seeing what's on in a half an hour, what's on at two hours, what's gonna come up sure. next. Um, and because they were familiar with that, they were accustomed to it. They didn't want the streaming experience. They still wanted it on demand in some cases, but they wanted, there were days and times where they just wanted to sit down, put the TV on and have something fed to them. When we launched that guide, our streaming hours spiked significantly because consumers right. were familiar with that. So really a key takeaway, while, while the medium has changed uh, from the platform perspective and the data is enormous, what we have, the ability, we, how we can help, you understand who your audience is and where they're spending their time. A lot of the same human elements are constant. Um, and that's as a communicator, you know, one of the things that, that we've talked about, I've, you and I have talked about in the past before, while all these new mediums have come, whether it was the social revolution that came uh, or others that came later, um, the basic tenets of core communications of, of knowing your audience, reaching them with a relevant message at the right moment, at the right time to drive the outcome you want to have, haven't changed. Yeah, and that aligns with the seven minutes you were mentioning that it takes people where they're searching for content. If you can make it easier to find stuff, they're not as likely to give up on that. One of the things, and this might be a twist because you're talking about things staying the same, COVID obviously drove a lot of people to consume more content and consume it differently. I mean, we've seen on the local TV news station that overwhelmingly they're sticking with the same way to interview brand spokespeople even after COVID. 85% of them prefer it. Are there things, the communication trends that happened that were spurred on or maybe accelerated because of COVID that you think will continue? I think a couple things. Uh, like I, I think, you know, the, the, the power and attraction of live news and sports is strong, right? Those are things that still, that still capture audiences. What has shifted dramatically in the last 12 months is those were the final two holdouts that were driving uh, cable bundle adoption. That has fallen away. We had 22 million people uh, watch election news coverage on the Roku channel, on the Roku, on the Roku platform. We had you know, the single largest streaming experience for sports with the Super Bowl at the same time that uh, live television sports ratings were at an all-time low. Uh, so what you're seeing is the last two holdouts have moved over. Consumers have moved with them uh, into the streaming environment. And that's true for local. I mean, we, we, I know local is a really important thing that we like to talk about with you. 
um, you know, local advertising is becoming really a powerful tool. If you think back to what Nielsen would could give you, which was age and gender and a DMA, a demographic area. <laughs> Um, now with the ability to go, you know, to the, to the household level with data and insights, um, is really a powerful capability. That's why we talked about flipping the funnel, the traditional advertising funnel on its head, where you can now get the same data you might've get, uh, might've gone after for your social media buys with Facebook or your search buys with Google. Uh, you can now get that on the biggest screen and most engaged screen in, your, in, in the lives of your, of your, uh, audience. This has been a great conversation. So I guess I can just wrap it up by using my Roku remote. Well, I, I guess that doesn't really work. I'll just thank you for really great insights and conversation. Appreciate you joining us. Great to be with you as always.